Hi, welcome. Thank you for joining the Wellness Trinity podcast. I am Dr. Jacqueline, naturopathic doctor and owner of the Wellness Trinity, where we provide natural solutions for modern day wellness. Just a little disclaimer before we get started. What we discuss in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. What you do with the information is to be used at your discretion as recommendations are not intended to treat, diagnose, cure, or prevent any diseases. So today I have a special guest on the show. His name is Tommy Lockwood. He somehow found me on Facebook and invited me to his radio show, um, I would say probably over a year ago. And, um, you know, it's just been a blessing kind of just watching him behind the scenes through his posts on Facebook and seeing how he's been growing in, in his path. And we're just going to go into his bio and, and explain where he's come from. And I'll let him um, touch on a little bit, a bit of that more too. So Tommy Lockwood was born in the Dominican Republic. He is a wellness pioneer with eclectic talents and a true Renaissance man. He holds a BA in religion from the University of Florida and is an AS in film production technology from Miami-Dade College. After leaving an associate producer position in radio, Tommy is now the host of the Wellness Revolution podcast, where he collaborates with top wellness experts of all kinds. He ventured into his own wellness journey seven years ago to release skin irritations, nervous system, system episodes, and eye problems. Trained by an experienced elder of the Rastafarian tradition, that taught him about liquid fasting, food combinations, medical astrology, herbal remedies, meditation, and metaphysics, Tommy continued his path of healing to later be trained on experimental fasting techniques by the world-renowned healer and herbalist, Dr. Sabi, who has had a track record with reversing numerous illnesses. The methods Tommy uses are unique in that that they combine practical instructions for application and results, as well as a spiritual and emotional understanding of healing. All of Tommy's products, services, and events are geared toward the holistic expression of the healing arts. Tommy shares his gifts of healing with alkaline living, fasting, herbal remedies, meditation, kemetic yoga, which is the Egyptian style of yoga, and medicine music. Currently, the most complete experience of healing is provided within the fasting with the master's retreat. So Tommy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Dr. Jacqueline. It's an honor to be back in your presence. And, you know, we did a radio show about a year ago, like you said, and that was an amazing experience for me to have you on my platform and be able to share your expertise. So I'm here, you know, with the grace of God to be, you know, a servant and my knowledge and everything that I have lived through, you know, so again, it's an honor. So thank you for having me. Yeah, I, I mean, just reading that bio and, and telling me how old you are, I'm not going to tell the audience. I, I'm just, you know, <laughs> that at such a young age, you're just full of so, so much wisdom. But I, I think that just happens when, you know, the more we seek God and, and get aligned with our purpose in life. So I, I thank you, you know, that you've um, done a lot of due diligence in that area and really just found your path because it's a blessing to the world. Yeah. And, and I really appreciate, you know, that comment. Basically I began on this path because I got sick myself, you know, and um, that's what I'd like to add about this bio. And, and in reality, I've lived through so many different experiences, but they all come together in a unique way. Um, and basically I had to come through the understanding the hard way and that's through illness. And a lot of us, 
you know, experienced that coming into the healing path. I'm sure I'm not the only one you've heard this from. A lot of people mm -hmm. start understanding a little bit more about how diet affects wellness. And, um, and this actually came to me when I started having breakouts in my skin and, and actually had what is called seborrheic dermatitis, a type of inflammation and irritation in the scalp. And it wasn't until I went to the dermatologist that, you know, were prescribing me soaps with a bunch of uh, chemicals I didn't even know how to pronounce. It was, it was bizarre to me, but my conditions never improved. It was always worse. And it wasn't until my grandmother, you know, this is like a, an elder, you know, telling me, hey, you should probably quit the red meat. And, and that was like, it was different for us because I, I lived in Dominican Republic and, and the, the way that the meat is raised in the Caribbean is much different than the way that the United States mm -hmm. is raising their cattle and other types of meat. So for me, it was like a, a shock of, 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 you know, I guess of the customs that I was brought up with. Mm -hmm. So the meat is much cleaner. And, and so when I was here, I was really affected by, by all these different hormones and, and all kinds of things mm -hmm. that are put into these meats. So my path, you know, I'm not saying that that's for everybody, but that's what I did. I said, yes, I'm going to try my food. You know, I'm going to try eating differently. And, and, and it wasn't until I became, you know, I guess mature enough to, to be mentored by, by elders that really put like herbal remedies in front of me and, and things that were bitter to drink, things that are not easy, you know, and, and our palates are so stimulated by, you know, all these artificial flavors and things like that. So I, as like, I started when I was 19 and, and drinking like a bitter herbs that taste so bad and <laughs> understanding that, uh, that there is healing in bitters, you know, sometimes we can translate that to situations in our life where, where we think it's bad, but reality, there's a blessing in disguise. I consider the same with, with that in my journey and my experience. So, um, yeah, that, that's actually what got me to, to be where I am today. That's a long story, you know, in a shortened way, I, I kind of, I just kept going down the path and, and, and did what was, I guess, uh, hard to do, um, you know, which is exercise self-discipline and, you know, I have always kept that on the low in myself, but I always took my food everywhere I went and, uh, you know, made my, my teas and things like that. And, and so I, I kind of had like a, I say like an abnormal, uh, you know, I guess college years because I, I wasn't really active as a party person. I was always kind of, kind of like retreated. And I, again, you mentioned that I got a bachelor's in religion. So I was always reading some type of, of, of a spiritual text and just being in my room, making my teas and things. So that's kind of like what brought me to this world now. Mm -hmm. and, and now it's not time to, to be a recluse. And now it's time to kind of, to kind of share some of that. Cause a lot of people need it. I, I realized that right. I wasn't really aware how much my experience could help other people until I started to talk about it. And right. I'm sure it probably is the same for you you know, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. Most of us that find ourselves on this path is because either we had something happen to us um, in our health, or we had someone near us, like my father passed away when I was young of cancer. And, um, you know, I dedicate this podcast to him because it's, it's to um, give people the life that I feel like he could have had if we were able to take hold of some of this knowledge beforehand. 
So anyway, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Now, I know that you've gone through so much. Uh, you've learned so much from different people and reading and going through life experiences. But how did you particularly get into fasting? Right. So it wasn't until I, I started to learn from, an, from a, a, a elder, sorry, an elder from Jamaica. I tried to say Rastafarian elder, but I, sometimes it, it, I, I say it's relevant. He was from Jamaica and, you know, uh, the Rastafarian tradition, they tend to be very close to the earth. They mm -hmm. tend to be very uh, oriented towards the natural foods. They have what is called Ital food, which is um, basically what is what they consider clean, you know, animal-based, plant-based living. And obviously, they, they utilize the herbs for healing and all kinds of things that they incorporate into what their community. So it's a community lifestyle. But um, this elder from Jamaica lived in Miami and he was with his wife and, you know, I bought herbs from him and I started learning, but it wasn't until one day he was like, yeah, um, my, my birthday's coming on and I'm doing a fast with my wife. So they were like, they're doing a fasting as a, as a way to cleanse before their, their cycle of birth. You know, it's like a, your birthday is like a cycle completing itself. So um, they have like a different perspective of life that I've never understood or so I, I never got like exposed to that's probably the best way I could say I never got exposed to that until I met them and then I said what's up with fasting fasting is interesting I was already learned in the bible and so I realized that the bible mentions fasting quite a lot and I said to myself maybe there's something interesting in this fasting and so they taught me how to do this and I started with with little time, you know, little increments. And then I, I increased it until I said, I'm ready for a 30 day experience. And so I did a liquid fast for 30 days. Um, and it's interesting because the body's made of 70% or more of only water. You know, you, we're talking about water in the cells, the, the cell itself is mostly water. And then, but the body is composed of, you know, the muscles and it, inside it, there's just a lot of water content. Right. And, so doing a 30-day liquid fast for me, obviously, I, I got thinner, but, uh, but the, the benefits of that, my skin was glowing. You know, I mentioned that I had skin problems. My, my, uh, my scalp was alleviated, um, and I did have nervous system episodes. Sometimes I would, you know, just find myself shaking, like, out of nowhere. And, and uh, at the ending of those 30 days, basically, I was able to wake up with, like, a refreshed, you know, body. Wow. And I said, wow, this is, this is so great. I, I, I released a lot of toxins. I felt, um, I just felt a lot clearer, um, not to mention the spiritual experiences that led to, to, you know, led to me, you know, learning more about the, the spiritual aspects of fasting too. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm talking about things that I can't really measure. We're talking about the way that I felt with my intuition, my dreams, Mm -hmm. uh, the clarity, you know, the clarity of how, of how I'm living my life and, mm -hmm. and the things that I wanted to change. Um, those are, I, I consider those spiritual things, spiritual benefits, but you know, people tend to only understand the physical things that we can mm -hmm. only see. Right. So, um, my skin was glowing. So people were telling me what was I doing and I just felt a lot better with myself. And, and so it was a season, right? It was only a time that I did that. So after the 30 days I got back into, uh, like a more, uh, you know, uh, I guess solid food diet regimen. Um, 
But, uh, but yeah, that's how I got into it. That's how I realized the power of fasting. It was after I really experienced those 30 days. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I kept doing that every year for seven years. And, you know, I I still think it's a great practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So do you intermittent fast too? Yes. Uh, basically that's, that's a great point you make because after doing a 30 day of liquids, um, my body's changed. And so intermittent fasting is probably what I do every day. You know, I, I, I don't really eat that many meals a day. I probably eat like one or two. Um, so my body has changed. Um, and, and so that's what I, I think intermittent fasting is the safest form of fasting. Um, it's a more accessible type of fast and it, and it, um, it's, it's a scheduling based fast. So that means that you can combine intermittent fasting with a plant-based diet, a raw food diet, a mm. keto diet. You know, a lot of people in, in, with a keto, they, they like to, uh, you know, I, I believe keto is, is you stay away from grains and stuff and, uh, and other sugars. And, and so, but you, you do eat meat. A lot of people with a keto diet eat the meat. So they, you could intermittent fast while eating meat. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's funny you mentioned intermittent fasting because as I, as I started to expose some of my experience, I realized that 30 days of liquids are not for everybody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and they're definitely not to be done without guidance. You know, mm-hmm. I, I was lucky enough to have my mentor that I was on the phone with like every, you know, every week I was like, okay, this happened, this happened, you know, and, and mm-hmm. it was a really great support system for me. Now intermittent fasting because it, it incorporates eating um, and different types of diet. I'd say it's the most accessible. Um, it's the most uh, safe. It's the safest form, basically. There's no, I don't think there's any major repercussions with intermittent fasting because you are already eating. You know, you are already mm-hmm. uh, taking into account uh, whatever it is that you, you're, you're doing on a daily basis. You can still go to the gym. You can still go to work. Um, I have to say that for me to do those 30 days of liquids, I had to um, arrange my schedule to, to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a... Uh, it's a very taxing on the body, but it does provide a lot of health benefits if you need it. I'd say that, that liquid fastings are for the break the glass in case of emergency. You know, if you don't have that, you know, I would, I would say that intermittent fasting is, is like the basic line for people. Mm, okay. Okay. So more so for people that are experiencing um, extreme health challenges. Liquid right. Fasting. Right. I mean, have you ever seen the movie, um, fat uh was it fat sick and nearly dead have you seen that you know what um i don't i don't know actually right, i've seen a right. bunch of documentaries and they all start to blend <laughs> right right of course uh well it, it's uh i'm sure you've heard of it um but it's interesting it's the it's the guy this guy goes to the doctor he gets um he gets measured right with all the mm. you know, all the checkups that he gets um, I believe he's, he's fat. He's, you know, he's overweight. Um, I'm not, I can't recall if he has diabetes at this time, but, and anyway, he goes get himself checked up, but he goes through 30 days of juice fasting. Mm. And at the end of the 30 days, this guy is like, you know, he, his doctor is, you know, is amazed by mm. what he did. Um, yeah. So I, that's another, you know, for people that want to check out like a little bit of more, I guess, evidence of what it would, how it's like to go through a 30 day process. That's a great way to do it. It's that movie of a fat sick and nearly dead. I think that people should really see it to understand 
a little bit more of what fasting can do liquid only. But mm-hmm. uh, again, he's, I think he, you know, he had, he had his guidance. He had a doctor on call. He had a film crew. So of course, if anything went wrong, you know, he had people uh, to film the whole experience. Uh, and in general sense, I think that that's, uh, you know, that's risky for people that, you know, to just jump on that. Um, I'm sure if you've ever done that yourself, doctor, you can, you know how, how different it can, it can take your body to, you could probably feel a lot more sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the detoxing process can even make you feel nauseous or you mm-hmm. can get headaches. Um, so it's, it's a very tedious process that I don't think people should take lightly, but yeah. in that movie though, that movie does great in showing like some of the benefits that people can get out of that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, can you explain for those uh, that are listening a little bit more of uh, what fasting is or what encompasses it? Of course, of course. Um, well, the textbook definition of fasting is, is, a, is, is set as follows is, the abstention of all or some food or drink for a period of time. And usually it has a religious observance because the truth of the matter is uh, fasting is an ancient practice that has been usually associated with religious experience. Um, And I'm sure that, you know, when we, when we talk about the Bible, for example, those who read the Judeo Christian Bible, they can understand that fasting is a very integral point in some of these, uh, you would say, uh, religious patriarchs or even, and not even just, you know, males. There's a lot of females in the Bible, you know, like queens and, 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 and women of power that when, when faced certain conditions in their life, they, 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 they fast for, um, I guess, for, for God to look upon them, for them to humble themselves. Um, in, in, in terms of their spirit and their, their, their mind and body. But it's interesting because I, I found that, you know, getting a bachelor's in religion and studying this, that every time these, uh, these passages mention fasting, uh, like things changed or turned around for them. Mm. And it's interesting because if we, if we think about disease like that, um, you know, like I mentioned in the movie, and even in my case, a 30-day period of fasting was able to turn around a lot of the different challenges that I was facing. And I can kind of see how I would do that based on some of the other experiences that I've had with fasting that, that go into the, the more esoteric spiritual aspects of it. But uh, in general, fasting is, is considered uh, an abstention from you know, some types of food or all of it. A lot of people think fasting is just dry fasting, which means nothing at all. And that's a mistake. Uh, mm-hmm. Fasting can be, can be access, accessed by everybody. There's a type of fasting that fits everybody's, um, I'd say everybody's lifestyle, whether you're eating meat or not, or whether you, you know, whether you can handle liquids or whether you can't handle them, whether you want to eat cooked foods, whether you don't, you know, um, I say that fasting can take many forms. Um, and even you could even fast from a a negative person, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I think that, uh, fasting can be many things depending on the person, but in a general sense, I'd say that, you know, most people associated with food or drink, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Uh, one thing I would say is that like, for, for those that are listening that maybe, you know, consider veganism or even eating greens 
as, a, as, as too extreme for them or just not accessible to them. Um, I would say that if you want to fast, you could start by cutting out sugary drinks, mm-hmm. sodas and stuff like that. Like that's, that takes willpower, that takes commitment, that takes discipline. And those are the basic building blocks for fasting and whatever type it is. And, and one thing I like to say when it comes to the what is fasting as a general sense, I say that what fasting is able to do for people is, is a, what I call a, tri, is a trifecta. And, and this is self-discipline, self-respect, which leads to greater self-love. Mm-hmm. Um, and the self-discipline and self-respect go hand in hand. Because when I started this, you know, it was hard to, to be a college student and being invited to parties and being, you know, offered alcohol and, you know, being offered foods that I know I shouldn't be eating because the truth is, it, I know based on how I was sensitive in my body and, and, and what I had been through, you know, I realized that I had to respect myself and not offend myself, mm. you know, because some people say it's hard to, to, to say no to this. But the truth is, if you're, if you're offending your body, what would you rather do, offend your body or offend a person and say, hey, listen, I can't have that. I'm sorry. You know, I can't have that, that mm. alcoholic drink, you know. And I'm not saying you people, for people that drink, you know, that's, that's okay for them. But at least for me, I was having a lot of skin reactions and the alcohol was drying my skin out. So mm. I had to, you know, take that into account and say, Tommy, your body doesn't react well to this. So you shouldn't have it. It's kind of like an, an allergy with somebody. You know, if you have an allergy, you know how it's going to affect your body. So mm-hmm. you say, no, I'm allergic to peanuts or whatever it is. Uh-huh. And so um, that's why I say that self-discipline, self-respect, mm-hmm. you know, greater self-love, you have a better life experience, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. I think that happens with fasting. Yeah. yeah, I love that. As the At the root of fasting, you have self-discipline and you have self-respect, and then it, it leads to a greater self-love. I, th- I feel like this whole, um, anytime we're working with someone's healing journey, including our own, that it, it takes a lot of um, self-love. Like we, when people don't love each other self enough, they're usually going to get imbalanced in their life. And, and that's what we as practitioners are, are trying to bring people back to is that self-love and taking care of yourself and, and putting ourselves first. And, you know, I think a lot of people are afraid to do that because of just how maybe society has made it seem that the more we give, the more we, you know, put, put ourselves last is, is honorable, but we have to think about it like this, that if we don't take care of ourselves, then we're not going to be able to take care of others. And, and that goes with love. Like if we don't love ourselves, then how are we going to love others to the max that we can? Right, right. It's, it's sort of like, you know, if I'm filling people's water with this cup, you know, I have to make sure I have water in it, you know, right. And so yeah. uh, that, that, that goes hand in hand for sure. Yeah, definitely. So do you want to touch a little bit more on the history and some of the scriptures that you found that back fasting up? Of course, uh, definitely right off the bat. I mean, some of the, the religions that we know and, and, um, and are familiar with, I would say the main ones um, you would say is Judaism, uh, Christianity and Islam, right? And they, they all have fasting as you know, an interesting component. Um, Islam, I think, is the only one that actually has that as a requirement in the religion. They have what is called um, 
Ramadan, which is a, a pillar of Islam. So it's one of the things that you must accept as a Muslim. And they do go through a 30 days of, of fasting. And, and, and this is, you know, this is like basically their foundation block. Um, and then in Christianity, we have uh, in the arrival of Jesus and his ministry, uh, there's, there's a couple of instances that I could say that are really interesting. And, and that goes when um, I believe it, one of the, one of the disciples asked him, uh, you know, Rabbi, why, why can't I, I couldn't heal this person. And his response was, you know, that, that, that kind of thing or, or that kind of situation can only be helped with prayer and fasting, mm -hmm. you know, and, and in Judaism, we have the prophet Daniel who, who, you know, if you recall the story, he, he was under Babylonian rule. And instead of eating all the, all the meats and delicacies from, from, from that kingdom, he, he only ate vegetables. So he was a, a vegetarian. The prophet Daniel was a vegetarian. And, and if you know, um, he also fasted as well. Mm -hmm. And he was very uh, aware of his dreams. Mm -hmm. And the interesting part about fasting that I found is that when I underwent those 30 days of liquids and only herbs, I was having vivid dreams, like mm -hmm. super vivid dreams. And uh, of course, we know Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, in, you know, alone. And, I, and I, I often thought to myself, well, like if Jesus fasted for that long, then I can only imagine the dreams that this man was having, you know, like probably like coming out and, 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 and visiting other kinds of things that we have no idea can even put into words. I mean, try putting our dreams into words. It's hard. Mm -hmm. So uh, I just found that that fasting was, was, a, was a pillar in some of these ancient cultures. And, and we haven't even mentioned others. Like, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of ancient traditions like Zoroastrian uh, and so many uh, Hinduism. And, but the point is fasting has a special place when it comes to spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I just think it's, it's a whole body therapy, you know, it's not only right. physical, I think it's emotional. Um, it's, uh, there's just so many things that I could say, but I, I found it to be an interesting tool for, for, for spiritual growth. Um, not only for healing in the physical, you know, aspect of, of, you know, like, what I experienced with my skin and with my nervous system and all that. But I think that it has some merit as a therapy, you know, as, mm -hmm. a, as something that can allow you to exercise willpower, you know, something yeah. that can allow you to experience greater, you know, greater things. So do you think that people's um, emotions and their spiritual life get elevated because their body's healthier or do you think there's other reasons why that happens i think that um it's, a, it's an interesting question i i feel personally that um a healthy body does affect the other aspects of yourself like your mind you know and um and of course i think that based on my own personal experience, your spirit, your, your other aspects of life, you know, um, I found that I was able to get very clear during my, during my fast. I've done fasts that are also, also emotionally based. Like, um, I've gone through a hard time and I just wanted to, uh, to like, 
to, to just abstain from foods, have some moments of clarity, do a lot of prayer and things. So I find that, um, that yeah, a healthier body does create other, other healthier aspects of your life experience. So mm-hmm. that's what I would say. You know, mm-hmm. you have a clear mind, you're, you're able to focus a little bit better um, on what's going on in your life. You know, um, I think that can also be very beneficial with all the stimulation we have these days, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then the pineal gland. Do you know about the pineal gland? I'm sure you know about the pineal gland. <laughs> of course, of course. I mean, I would love to hear your take on this. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I think uh, uh, what I would say about the pineal gland um, I think that uh, what the pineal gland, what I, from my understanding, you could correct me if, if you find anything um, to be, you know, to be, um, I guess, uh, out of line. But from what I understand, the pineal gland is responsible for secreting what is called, um, we call it dimethyl, dimethyltryptamine or the DMT molecule that, that uh, occurs when we're, when we're dreaming. So again, we kind of go back a little bit into the dream state and, and what that was, is able to do for you. But it, in, a, in a sense, it is a spiritual gland, I, I guess. But it functions like an eye too, because you're, you're able to get, it does receive light from, from the eyes as well. And I know this from reading, uh, from reading this, great, uh, this great book called Light Medicine of the Future. Um, it's written by uh, Dr. Jacob Lieberman. He was an optometrist mm-hmm. for many years. And he talks about how the pineal gland also regulates um, uh, like uh, light and dark cycles, right? So you're, that's how you kind of, uh, you're, it's basically like your, your connection to nature, right? I mean, I'm not sure what you can add to it, but I would really love to know your take on that as well. Well, I just, um, you know, the pineal gland secretes melatonin too. So, you, you know, that's also related to why it helps us sleep. But I know that with all of the fluoride that's in our water, a lot of people are tending to have a more calcified pineal gland. So pineal gland is associated a lot with people's spiritual connection. And for me as a Christian, you know, I believe we accept Jesus. We have that connection, right? We can always talk to God. But I, I do believe that there are, you know, God can take us to higher levels in our walk with him. And I think that as we um, cleanse the body and uncalcify the pineal gland that it there is a whole nother realm of possibilities that we're probably you know just barely scratching the surface with a lot of us maybe some people have gotten to that point where they're seeing things and doing things that are not quite you know in most people's vocabulary (laughs) or understanding um but yeah i i just think that you know when, when you're fasting for that long period of time you're probably working on uncalcifying that pineal gland which is probably why you're having a greater spiritual experience as well too and that's why i brought that up absolutely absolutely um the body's detoxing and and finding ways of detoxing and getting rid of the i guess the the toxins that have been built up i personally would would uh would back that up by telling you one, one time, I know I talked about fasting for 30 days a year, but one time I decided to do 45. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's ambitious. And, uh, <laughs> and this one was really unique for me because as I started to, uh, as I started to notice, um, and Dr. Sabi was my, my guide this time because my, my other mentor had already passed away. He was, he was already, you know, gone and I couldn't really, talk to him about it you know so when I was going through 
that this fast with Dr. Sebi, I was asking him like, um, cause he, he had done already 90 days himself. So this guy was already, you know, he, he, he became Dr. Sebi through fasting, you know, and mm-hmm. fasting was allowed him to, um, to get himself together, you could say. Mm-hmm. And so, um, he was talking to me that he said that, um, inflammation would, would come down, uh, in certain ways that your body knows how to, like your body is what's going to determine how you how you detox. Right. Mm-hmm. So he says that sometimes you begin to feel like you're talking muff, you know, because the, the inflammation is kind of coming out or coming back. Um, for me, um, I started to, uh, to notice that my left ear wasn't working as much. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 and it got to a point where for, for a week, a week or so I was, I was like, uh, hearing everything like this, like as if I had my, my ear, um, like basically clogged completely. And I, I didn't know what was happening. And I asked Dr. Sebi, what, what's going on with this? You know? And that's why I think it's very important to have a guide because you're going to come across things that you never, you know, like, I guess you never foresaw. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and that was one thing for me. And then he told me that, yeah, that's your, that's the, like, that's your inflammation coming, like coming down. Your, your mm-hmm. brain is detoxifying in a way mm-hmm. that, uh, that it knows or, or the best way that it knows. <coughs> Excuse me. And basically, um, after, after one week, just randomly, it went back into place. You know, mm-hmm. I could hear perfectly. As a matter of fact, I heard sharper. Wow. So my hearing became even sharper. And, um, you know, I mentioned that I do medicine music, so I have music with my healing intent. So I actually, you know, my ears are very important. So I can actually understand and, and know when my ear is, is, is dull or sharp or whatever. And so I found that to be, to be like proof about how, how fasting can help you uh, decalcify, mm. you know, your pineal gland um, and, and actually help you um, improve your electrical function or your, your cognitive mm-hmm. ability. And there's actually something I want to say to this. There is a TED Talk um, that's out there, um, and it's actually conducted by John Hopkins University. And this gentleman actually titled the TED Talk, How Fasting Boosts Brain Power and Promotes Longevity. So people you know, that are listening to this, you can go and watch this. And this, this man talks about um, the experiments that back up how fasting is able to trigger um, better immune responses in the body and, and is able to help with, uh, with this amazing you know, vehicle that allows us to experience life. Um, and the ancients used it a lot. He talks about that too, um, how the father of medicine, Hippocrates, said that fasting is... Um, you know, you could be your own physician or something. It was something like that to the effect of uh, the fasting is the physician within. Mm. Uh, so it's how your body's um, able to help itself in a way, you know? Yeah. Granted, granted, like I said, doing those 45 day fasts or 30 day cleanses, they're not for the faint of heart, you know? So, right. you know, nowadays it's, 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 it's harder to sell that. <laughs> to people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, um, you know, played around with some of my fast myself too. And I, I do have to say that I've had spiritual breakthroughs and uh, wow. maybe, and probably related to physical breakthroughs too. 
uh, as a result of doing some. Nothing compared to yours. I probably have to jump on your program if I ever do something like that. <laughs> but um, you know, it's there. There's. It's such an interesting thing to talk about. Most people, especially Americans, were we're taught to eat, not to not eat. <laughs> you know, this is society is about consumption. And so to throw something like this at somebody is, you know, there's, first of all, they have to unprogram their thoughts. Um, and then once they get past that, then it's like, okay, well now we're, our body's going to go through it almost like war. <laughs> this is why you need someone like Tommy on your side to help guide you. <laughs> I, will, I will say that there are certain herbs that uh, make the fasting process easy. Uh, oh, okay. We'll say that uh, there are herbs that um, are able to kind of take away the hunger. There are herbs that, um, especially if you know, like how to take them in combination, they're able to, um, you know, because if you're drinking a lot of things and, and you're, you're keeping yourself busy, um, you'll have a, like a, basically you're less likely to worry about hunger if you know how to, how to, how to feed your body in the right way. Cause you are feeding yourself. That's one thing I will say. Fasting is not about starving yourself. You are feeding yourself. You know, like, like for example, the doing, going through 30 days of fasting, you are, you are blending juices, you are blending fruits together. And, and, you know, especially let's say you do a raw food fast. I know that um, you're familiar with the, the Hippocrates uh, regimen and all that. And as far as like raw foods are, um, you are feeding yourself, you know, but you're just being selective about what you're putting inside, you know? Okay, yeah. I'm glad you clarified that because I'm sure a lot of the listeners probably have been a little bit nervous up until now <laughs> thinking that, oh no, I'm going to starve for <laughs> 30, 45 days or, you know, even if it's just a few days, it's, it, it, you know, I know even a three-day fast can be challenging. So, um, you know, it's nice to know that there are herbs out there and then when you are giving yourself those nutrients, whether it's in herbs or foods, microgreens, Hippocrates yeah. is really big on the microgreens and the sprouts and making juices out of that. When you do your fasting, are you doing mostly without any of the fiber in it too? Um, I'm, I actually, um, I like to say that the, what I like to call my fast or liquid fast, meaning that they're not juice fast. Because juice fast, I think that they uh, take away the fiber. I like to keep the fiber. Okay. So when I blend my, my smoothies, like my, you know, let's say I use kale or any greens, I keep the fiber intact. And I think it's, it's, it's better that way because uh, your digestive tract is, is still working, but it's not working as much. And uh, I, I, I think that, um, that, yeah, a lot of people like to say that, you know, like, I think they, they have in their minds juice fasting when they think about that. Yeah, that's a great point you make. Mm -hmm. uh, but I've done, I've done, I've done um, weeks of, of really, like, uh, without fibers or without, you know, without any kind of, um, I guess, sustenance, you could say, right? Okay. Um, and those are, those I consider more experimental, and those are very tough as well. Um, those are tough like all water fasts and stuff like that. Those are tough. Yeah. Uh, and, and you could, you could hurt yourself. Uh -huh. uh, you yeah. know, I have to be careful with those. Yeah. Hippocrates, when I studied there, they were not a fan of water fasting at all. Um, I, there was a girl in my class actually that had just come from a water fast and retreat. And uh, they were, <laughs> they were like, why did you do that? So, you know, then you go to Hippocrates and then you're eating, salads and microgreens or sprouts and 
all kinds of sprouted everything and green juices and people find themselves actually not hungry and actually satiated because they're getting the nutrients that their body has been lacking. Most people that go there are not eating the most nutrient dense foods probably to begin with. So when they get that nutrition, then they're like, well, it's considered a fast, but then now I'm full (laughs) because I'm getting what I need. Right, right. And that's what I would say too with uh, like, like I mentioned prior to the, the liquid fast, for example, like the herbs that are, uh, that, are, that are recommended that I've learned through, through my years of mentorship, you know, I guess apprenticeship from mentors that taught me, um, they, they would say that, well, you are feeding your body. I mean, you're, you're just feeding them these herbs that are able to um, give your body a different kind of nutrition that they haven't received before. Um, and I know this specifically, there is, um, you know, there's a, there's an herb called, um, Irish moss, for example, mm-hmm. that, that, uh, it's a type of algae, but, but the way that it works, it's, it's fascinating because it's able to, um, if you make it into a tea and you, you have it real nice and hot, it's able to kind of come in and, and, um, and expand it, it expands in the stomach. So the, the actual algae itself has a lot of minerals that the body needs. Uh, I believe it's um, 90%, you know, of the body's uh, mineral intake could be, you know, could be supplied by this, this herb. And um, it's a beautiful thing because you, you realize that when you are giving your body the things that it needs, you're just not, um, you're just not giving your, your body like all the other grease. And, and, and let's face it, a lot of Americans don't eat very well, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you've heard the, the, the sad diet, right? The, the standard American diet. And so that's why um, I'm even careful too with, with helping others as well, because um, in my website or, or, or everything that I sell, I don't, I don't allow people to purchase herbs from me. Um, and that's because I, I feel that people uh, could take things out of context with this. Uh, herbs are, very, are to be handled with care. Mm-hmm. Uh, herbs do powerful things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and I think that with the way that Americans are eating, um, you know, a lot of them just want to find, oh, l- let me find one herb that helps me with what I'm dealing with, you know, but, but they don't take into account, well, if you're, if you're still, let's say, you know, um, you didn't tell me you were taking ecstasy or something like, <laughs> and, and, and like, uh, and they and they think that they're, that they can take an herb and, 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 and they have the audacity. A lot of people have the audacity to say your herbs or methods don't work, but they don't realize mm-hmm. that it's the lifestyle that you're, the context of what you're taking the herbs, it's just not going to work. For you. Right. Um, Cause again, our bodies are, you know, there's so much chemicals being, being exchanged and created and mm-hmm. secreted. And, and yeah. so um, it's a chemical thing as well. Yeah. Yeah. You have to look at the whole picture and um, you know, as practitioners, that's, and a lot of the holistic practitioners that I know of, we're, we're looking at things from a mind, a body, a spiritual approach, because, y- you know, you can't just start segregating everything and think, okay, I'm going to have uh, one magic bullet, and this is going to solve all my problems. You know, if you're, like you said, if you're not addressing some of these other things, you're still going to find yourself in a spin your tails. One of the first things that I address with people is, are they sleeping? Are they sleeping and how is their energy during the day? Because if those two things are not off, well, they're not going to be detoxing as well. <laughs> right, right. And so, you know, and then there's a list in my intake that I'll go through as well too. But I like how you mentioned that because, um, you know, we're so quick to want 
a, a quick magic pill and that's not the case when we're really trying to find answers and, and get to the root of our health problems. Right, and I found this to be the case with, uh, with my skin, right? The acne and, and some of the things that I like that I was dealing with because it, it's easier for people to say, well, um, I tried proactive, you know, I tried all these things and uh, they're just surface, you know, things. Mm -hmm. they, weren't, they weren't focused or geared towards, well, what if you're, you stop eating, you know, all, all, these, uh, all these foods that cause inflammation, that cause the inflammation to come out of the skin? Right. Because if you notice, it's, it's, uh, it's you know, not to be gross, but it's, you know, acne is like pus. It's like inflammation, yeah. you know? Um, so that's why I used to drink a lot of milk, you know, and, and you know, but the, but the bad kind, the, like, you know, the, the regular one, the, the one that like has a bunch of hormones and stuff. Right. And, uh, and it's actually proven, like, I mean, you know, I'm not sure if you, if you, you've probably seen it, you've probably seen these documentaries and these uh, mm -hmm. videos. It's proven that there actually is pus in the milk. Right. Yeah. So it's, a, it's pretty much uh, my, the journey that I took, the stance that I took, I said, well, it's not so much about what product is the best to get rid of acne. Mm -hmm. It's about what am I eating to create that condition in my body? Exactly. You know, yeah. and that's a whole different story. Yeah. Yeah. And eating is just one source. I mean, we got, what are we drinking? What are we breathing? <laughs> what are we putting, what are we lathering all over our body when we shower and we put creams on and makeup and, and do our nails and, you know, I never do my nails, but <laughs> because I don't want all those toxins on my, my, you know, absorbing yeah. through my skin. Of course. So, yeah. There's, I mean, we're bombarded with so many toxins in, in so many areas and, you know, I definitely am with you that this, this, we, there's something, you know, I love that you title your show, the wellness revolution. Cause I feel like that's what this is. It's like, it's a revolution, but really it's, it's really getting back to our roots, <laughs> which is the right. funny thing. You know, people yeah. call it alternative therapy, but it's, this has been around ever since we've been alive. So that's exactly what I was going to say. You took the word that I'm out of my mouth because I was going to say that a lot of people, they, they twist the whole thing. It's like, alternative medicine i i'd say it's the the recent western medicine it's only been what for the last 150 years or so i mean we're talking about mm -hmm. so much history of herbs and 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 you know so much history of knowledge and it's sad because um i live in miami you know like uh, and, and i could i could see that there's there's so many young people that would tell you off the bat the top fast food restaurant chains, but they can't tell you the top five herbal herbal remedies that are available right here. You know, mm. like there are herbal remedies available right here. Like there's, there's amazing herbs that are available in, in Florida, mm -hmm. you know, and um, it, it's sad. It's just a different priority that we've been kind of led to. And, and I, I, I hope to change that revolution doesn't have to be you know anything with with physicality you know it could be men a mental thing it could right be, um you know a lifestyle thing because yeah. we we are voting every day with our money you know with mm -hmm. our dollars we're voting what industry stays alive you know right. and if more people become conscious of of this uh understanding then then we wouldn't have mcdonald's or we wouldn't have these um you would have probably better you know, substitutions of that, you know, I think that there's a lot of, well, you come from California, I, I believe that there's a, 
um, not not that you were born there, but you were you come from that. You move. You just moved recently. Actually, I, I was born there. <laughs> you were born there. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, you know that I I, I think that there's a lot of fast food restaurants, right? Like right. that are that are like healthy, right? Coming out. Well, it actually, in Nevada, in Las Vegas area, there is. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, I felt like depending on where you're living in California, there's gotcha. more places that are. Um, hip in that way I guess you could say but where I was at it wasn't really that friendly for healthy restaurants me and my fiance would be like uh what do we want for dinner I'm like you know and, and it might be a time where I'm like I don't want to cook you know <laughs> but I would end up going to Whole Foods and buying my own food because I just it was like well I don't want to eat this because it's going to poison me or this. <laughs> right, right, right. you know so but I, I do I'm very blessed in Las Vegas that if once in a while we we want to take a little break from the kitchen then then there are some more options. And I, I wish there was more organic. I think that a lot of places, even though they're healthier, they still kind of need to take that step up too. And there's, there is one really good Mexican restaurant here that is mostly organic, which if you're ever in town, you'll have to come, come and taste. It is the best Mexican food ever. El Dorado, El Dorado Cantina, that's what it's called. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I understand what you mean. There's, um, there, is, there are restaurants that are opening in Miami as well that are more like organic. Like they have like the organic uh, fast food vibe kind of thing and I think that in the future hopefully with bringing more conscious what you're doing is amazing too is, is helping people become more aware um, and and I think that we would make as a whole like collectively as human beings we make different different choices and, and vote I guess we vote on different things right. with, our, with our dollars yeah. with the industry we're supporting mm -hmm. you know yeah that's true I, I think that's a very powerful statement that you're saying that we vote with our dollars if we're buying crappy food or or things with toxins in them uh, you know we're just telling that industry hey you know um they people are buying this and so i'm gonna make more of it <laughs> but if yeah. we starve them in that way then, then they're not you know gonna be around so you know i don't i i want everyone to thrive I, i'm a businesswoman myself i want everyone to thrive in their businesses but you know, we also want to feel good about what we're giving to society too and how we're making it progress. And, and also thinking about future generations because, you know, we're only on this planet for an infinite time if we're polluting it and we're, um, someone posted, I, um, I don't know if you know who Damon John is, but he posted a, a picture. Um, he's the, the guy on Shark Tank. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so he posted a picture on his Instagram. Uh, it was a short video, actually, about some coast wherever he, he was at, or maybe it was just online, where all this plastics and garbage was just flowing. It, it was on the beach, and it was just flowing in and out. And mm -hmm. you look at that, and I'm like, well, I know this wasn't made up, <laughs> you know? And, and just, you know, it was to bring awareness of what's going on and how we need to be careful about polluting our earth. This is what we're giving to our future children. And, you know, even as we grow old, I mean, things are changing so fast nowadays. And, you know, I, I, as long as I'm living, I want to live a quality life and not breathing in and ingesting plastics that are going to mess up my body and make me not think, you know, like be crazy. We, we turn into, you know, crazy people when we're, we're not um, healthy in that way and expose all these chemicals. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, and what you what you say resonates with me in that uh what, what they call the ecological footprint you know like the choices we make uh i believe that um in a w whether or not you're i know that there's different blood types i mean you would know more than me with this uh there's different blood types and there's different 
um, body types as far as, uh, you know, uh, people that can eat meat or handle that. Uh, but I know that in a general sense, uh, going more plant-based does help with like relieving some of the environmental factors that are plaguing us. And um, um, this actually came through this movie, uh, Cowspiracy. You've seen mm -hmm. that? Uh, where, where, um, where somebody, I believe that the, the premise is um, making, like making a, like trying to go more environmentally friendly. But the, the fact remains that one of the top things out there that, that, um, that actually holds us back in terms of getting our, our, our you know, our green gas uh, emissions down or, or, or kind of bringing those gas emissions mm -hmm. um, is actually cattle farming. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, not that I'm, not that I'm saying abolish it. I mean, I know that there's people that choose to eat that way. Um, you know, I know that probably vegans will hate me for that statement. Cause I know that they're, they tend to be like more into mm -hmm. animal rights and no matter what, but I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to control what people do. You know, I just, I just want to give them an educational perspective and people will always do what they, what they want to do anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but I think in a general sense, um, we should be, you know, pushing towards, you know, healthier practices, not only for our bodies, but just for the whole environment. environment. Yeah. Um, and no, that's why I think that I've learned through my journey of, 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 uh, of healing, you know, it's just been one of those gifts. Yeah. Yeah. So I know you're not the biggest fan of um, consuming meat or dairy, but do you think that there's still um, available sources for those people that do decide to consume that, um, you know, for like healthier versions of it, maybe that aren't full of hormones and pesticides and all that stuff they like to add into it? Yeah, of course. A hundred percent. I mean, um, what I would say, so in Dominican Republic, you know, being from the Caribbean and seeing that my, my great grandpa, I met him and he lived to be, you know, 90, 98 years old, you know, and he ate, he ate meat. He ate, you know, he didn't even use glasses up until his death, wow. you know? Um, so he ate meat every day, you know, more or less. And so, um, I'm, I'm, for me, it just hasn't worked out and I've just chosen differently. I think that, that if you get it, if you're able to get it uh, organic where, where you work, a chicken is supposed to be roaming around, you know, mm -hmm. and eating and eat, picking off the ground and stuff, right. and eating worms or whatever. And, you know, a chicken is not meant to be caged in. Um, and I think that um, the industrialization of it, of the meat industry has made it uh, unsafe for us. Mm -hmm. and that's, that's what I would say. There are healthy options for sure. Um, and, and more people can tolerate that. I think that Dr. Sebi, uh, a lot of people know him as, you know, advocating a plant-based diet, but even he said that if you're an Eskimo, you know, growing up, mm -hmm. eating, you know, hunting and stuff like that, your, your, your body is able to handle that. I mean, we're, we're adaptable beings. And so an Eskimo is probably going to handle me better than someone like me who comes from an uh, indigenous family that lived in the tropics, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, that's, that's probably what I would say is for people to use their own discretion, but definitely there are options, right? I mean, you, you would agree, right? That there's, mm -hmm. you know, um, non-hormonal uh, eggs that you can get hormone free. Mm -hmm. um, you can get uh, a chicken that's grass fed or cows that are grass fed. Cat, by the way, that's another thing. Cows are fed corn. Right. And that's not right. <laughs> like, yeah. That's just another thing. 
Um, so I, I think that there should be healthier options. And what I would say to people that do engage in eating meat is to have a lot of greens with it. Right. Yeah, I agree. It, in terms of what the pH scale of the body is concerned, it, you're able to neutralize a lot of the acidic mm-hmm. effects of meat when you have a lot of greens, a green leafy vegetables and other kinds of vegetables alongside with your, with your food. Mm-hmm. So that, that, I feel like people that, um, that do engage in eating meat would need to learn more about how to combine that, how to do greater food combinations that are healthier. Mm-hmm. But it is possible, you know, my, like I said, my great grandpa lived to be 98 years old. And he ate his, he ate all the, the thing is that people in the Dominican Republic eat healthier overall, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, like industries like McDonald's, you know, they don't thrive there, you know, yeah. uh, Burger King and all that. They, they have them, but there's only a few. And, and a lot of them have gone bankrupt because they just don't thrive. Mm-hmm. People just want to eat, you know, the regular grass fed chicken and they want to eat like mm-hmm. their, their tropical meal, you would say their fruits. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So, you know, I want to return back to fasting. I do have a question for you. Um, do you, so now that I know that you incorporate blending in your, um, fasting too, sometimes, do you also use things like protein powders or amino acids on the side with the, while you're fasting too? Um, I tend to use a plant-based when I fast, I just use plant-based, uh, supplements like um, like I add powders of like different plants. Uh, um, like for example, I did talk about sea moss, Irish moss. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, when it comes to those like market market protein powders, I personally don't don't find a need for them. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they're bad. I'm just you know I just personally have not have not done that because I feel that uh, when I do want to do a fast, I just want to. I feel like I want to go as natural as possible, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, but I may, um, when I do intermittent fasting, I, you know, maybe when I don't, when I don't do the extreme types of fast, mm-hmm. I, I have taken, you know, juices with, with plant-based protein. Like, uh, um, I believe there's a, a sun warrior. I think it combines yeah. different kinds of proteins. Um, I've used that before and other, they're not bad. I just, when I, when I do the more experimental types, I tend to want to, you know, take it, um, take it as natural as I can. Yeah. Yeah. So mostly the, um, plants and vegetables and herbs and, um, right. Fruit, some fruit, you put fruit in there too. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, I do different fruit, fruit blends, right. Um, then I would do different leafy green blends. Um, I don't know if you're, I can give an example of what I, you know, a good one, I guess, uh, I like to use, uh, for example, I mentioned kale and watercress, mm. and then I, I kind of use a, I use like an avocado to kind of sustenance, like give it a little sustenance, and then I use like coconut water to, mm. to neutralize the bitterness of the of the watercress, um, and that's a great you know juice that I make there uh, using. Cause I live in Miami, so I can go literally uh, like two blocks, and they have like fresh coconuts that they cut for me. Ah. Uh, probably making everybody jealous on here that is not a tropical area like us in las vegas here (laughs) we could go to the store though and get some but i'm sure it's probably not the same thing as going to the beach and having a fresh one there yeah yeah i mean there's uh there's so many perks to living in florida i'm I'm not gonna make people jealous but (laughs) yeah yeah um so you know the last thing i want to touch on is 
what are the benefits of doing a fasting retreat? And, you, you know, I know you have come in one coming up too. So why don't you let the listeners know a little bit more about that too? Well, thank you for asking. That's amazing. I realized that a lot of people's environments holds them back. You know, um, I realized that when undergoing a fast, it can be, uh, it can be hard to say no, like I talked about before. And so there's always activities going on. If you don't have the willpower to, 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 to keep yourself, you know, like in your process, you might get distracted by, you know, an engagement dinner, an invitation to a concert and, and like someone offers you soda and you're like, Oh, okay. I'm going to live my life and be okay. You know what I'm saying? And like there's people that do that. It's, it's hard. Mm -hmm. uh, a fasting retreat is able to get you out of your environment. Like literally put you in an environment where you're able to have everything catered for you. And not only that, um, you could have people that are experienced in it. So should anything happen, you already know people that that'd be like uh, guiding you through what's happening, be able to like, let you know um, if there's anything that you should worry about, you know, or, or why you're experiencing this. Um, and it, you know, other than the obvious benefit of getting you out of the hustle and bustle. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to a, to a place where, um, um, I have one coming up, right? And I have one in Dominican Republic where, where we have an oceanfront uh, villa and, you know, we're, we're having a, a, a chef that's cooking all kinds of amazing uh, plant-based foods. Uh, but on top of that, if, if people want to go deeper into their work, um, we're giving them only liquid-based stuff. Um, and so it's just a great environment to, to take yourself out. And a lot of people's environment does hold them back that's one of the things that i noticed yeah. even with some of my clients it's like you know my environment holds me back you know i have all this all these things going on i wish i could take time out and and focus on myself and my healing mm -hmm. and so i think that everybody deserves that you know so one of the advantages is, is that you know to have a, to have a great you know place to be at peace and and a bunch of other things there that you could have uh, as far as the herbs are concerned. I prepare the herbs there for people. Um, yeah. And, and you get to learn. Mm -hmm. um, I, I like, I like those retreats because people can learn one-on-one and then after that they can take that home. Right. You know, mm -hmm. uh, oftentimes I find when I guide people through a 30 day experience, um, they're still very much dependent, you know, on, on my guidance, on my, you know, on my, uh, my support. Um, I think that my goal when, when doing these retreats is to have people come in and possibly be able to do their own prolonged fast. But at the very least, I help them to do intermittent fasting and master that, you know, because mm -hmm. like I said, intermittent fasting is like sort of like the common ground with people. Right. At the very least, I help them master that and master other mm -hmm. types of things that they could do for themselves. Yeah. Do you think that most people should just be intermittent fasting on a daily basis anyway? I definitely think so. I definitely think, uh, well, I mean, it's beneficial. Um, I think that intermittent fasting can get people to their ideal weight. Um, you know, I, I think that we're overstimulated by foods that intermittent fasting can, can kind of put a handle on things. I, I will say that, um, a lot of people are constipated 
nowadays. <laughs> you know, a lot of people have a hard time. And, and if you think about, if you're, I mean, it's obviously not, if you're thinking about it mathematically, it's not an equal equation. If you're eating three times a day and you're only going to the bathroom once a week, mm-hmm. like, you know, I, it's funny because you run into those to, right. into people that, that don't go to the restroom and, and it's not, um, it's not to be, you know, dismissed as a, as an important thing. So intermittent fasting helps with that because you, you are eating or you're giving your digestive system a break. And, and right. so you start to regulate your body slower than if you were to do like those experimental types of fasts. Um, so I think that for the, for, to answer your question, like for the most part, yes. However, um, intermittent fasting can also be a segue into others. Mm. Like, um, like I, I gave this example earlier, um, now in this conversation, but to, to another um, interview that I had, and basically, I said, if you're going to do it, a lot of people are doing like the three-day juice cleanses. You know what, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. A lot of people are doing that. Yeah. I said, like, if you're going to do that, use intermittent fasting. Let's say if you're going to do three days of juice cleansing, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, on Thursday, do intermittent fasting. So you're, you're giving your body a signal, right, mm-hmm. that you're going into a type of fast. And when you get out of the three-day juice cleanse, don't just start eating like all day like use intermittent fasting on that Monday coming back from that juice cleanse to, to get yourself acquainted, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you could, I would even do, I would even do two days of intermittent fasting before and two days after if mm-hmm. you're going to go back into the regular, you know, uh, swing of things you could say. Yeah. So I don't know that gives a different perspective about intermittent fasting that it can be more than just um, a thing you do on a daily basis, but you can also go into other types of fast that way. Okay. Okay. Well, I feel like I can ask you questions about fasting all day. <laughs> but, you know, it's something like, I, I mean, I've seen over and over in the Bible and uh, experimented myself, but definitely I'm sure there's just so much to learn and, and, you know, ways to do it right. Who shouldn't do it? Who shouldn't do it? And when to do it, which ones to choose. But that will have to probably be another podcast for another day. So <laughs> I just, um, you know, so grateful to have you on here again. Why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you? Of course. It's been an honor to be here as, as, as always, you know, and, and I'm sure we're going to do great things in the future. And um, I'd like to tell the listeners that I'm very grateful for them to have taken the time to listen to our interview and our expertise in this. And you can find me um, at TommyLockwood.com and basically T-O-M-M-Y. And my last name is L-O-C-K-W-A-R-D.com. And in there, you find all sorts of information. Um, You find all my social media links there at the bottom of my website. Basically, my Instagram, my Facebook, my YouTube, um, and my podcast is on iTunes as well. Um, Which, by the way, I know that we we should do something um, with that as well. Like, you know, maybe have you on the on that new platform because you were on my radio show but never mm-hmm. on the podcast so i want to i want to definitely share with you because you have a lot of, you have a lot to share and i'm so glad that um you thought of me to, to share with you so it's an honor um and all the listeners you know you can you can just find me there that's the simplest thing all the social media links are there but in general if you search tommy lockward in any of the social media platforms you should find me that's how i i put myself up you know, into the platform. So Tommy Lockwood, you can find on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook and all that. 
So okay, so that your last name is L O C K W A R D. Yes. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. Great. And then, is there any last comments that you wanted to make? Um, I would like to say that um, what I've come to learn in healing and um, and with fasting is that is a multi-dimensional aspect. We're talking about mind, body, spirit. And uh, I'd like to say that um, it also deals with getting in tune with yourself. So, mm -hmm. you know, to the listeners, I'd say get in tune with yourself, um, with your own voice inside, because that's what has led me to this path, listening to my own voice, knowing that there was answers, that there was, uh, you know, uh, something that could help me out there. And one thing I didn't say to the listeners in the beginning, but the way that I found my first mentor, the, the first person to teach me was because I literally got on my knees and I started to pray. Mm -hmm. I prayed for, for, for somebody. I said, I said, you know, uh, God, you know, and understand that you created the earth, you created nature, you created these herbs, these plants. And I'm sure that there is somebody out there with your wisdom that can help me. Mm -hmm. And, and, Lord and behold, you know, like mm -hmm. all this took place. So yeah. um, I like to say to those that are listening to just listening to your heart, listening to your intuition, and that would guide you mm -hmm. to your path of healing, whether it's with Dr. Jacqueline or, or someone else or, or another method that has nothing to do with what we discussed today. Mm -hmm. But the point is I really want your well-being, And so that's what I would have to say as a general mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm really glad you mentioned that because I was wondering how you found these people. I, I've always wanted someone to work with like that too. And I just, I've never put that one out there. <laughs> well, no, let's just put it this way. I have, I've had my mentors in other ways when I really think about it, but that's really awesome that you were able to work one-on-one -on -one with uh, just such brilliant people that are, are really living and doing um, fasting and, and other modalities that you like to use and herbs. So well, thank you again, Tommy, for coming on the show. And um, I'm sure we'll chat again soon. All right. Take care, Dr. Jacqueline. It's an honor as always. Many blessings. So